0: Welcome to the Jack Lo Audio Experience. And today joining me is Ali. So how are you What's doing, up? Ali?
1: Yeah, I'm good, excited to be here. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing great, I'm doing great. So I like to run through your world, you know? What is in your world? Mm-hmm. And what are you about?
1: And probably tell us uh, what is your name and
0: uh, how old are you, yeah?
1: Yeah, so my name is Ali Darwich. Uh, I'm 25 right now and I've got we talk about, you know, what's in my world and mm. what my life is like, I've got a lot of different things going on. I'm full time a software developer, so that's my nine to five. But I am also a night student in music production and audio engineering. I take night classes trying to improve that. I do piano lessons. Um, and so it's basically in the night I'm a musician and then during the day I'm a software developer.
0: Mm. Cool. So, like, what make you all started all these things? Like, um, it almost feels like uh, there's, like, a main job that you kind of do and uh, there's some some kind of a side hustle that's going on. Yeah, walk me through, like, what, yeah. what make you all started all this, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, this all started, I mean, the furthest back I go for that conversation is uh, it's when I started college. So I started college in 2012. Yeah, August 2012. And I went in, I started, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. Um, I still live in Austin, Texas right now. And basically, I got to school and I immediately knew, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to take the time to figure it out. And so I spent my entire first year of college thinking about who I wanted to be. And in high school, I followed this philosophy of, there was three pillars in my life that I wanted to always be studying. I wanted to be studying technology, Creativity and leadership, right? And the reason it was this triangle in my head. And it was like if I'm always studying these three things, then I'm always expanding my mind and growing in the direction that I think is required for innovation. So I think those are the three things that you need in order to create true innovation in our world, right? So when I got to college, there's not like an innovation major. There's not a, um, you know creativity, technology, and leadership major. Mm -hmm. And so I struggled with what Gary talks about, Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks a lot about how the education system is not tailored for entrepreneurs. Mm. And I ran into that. Uh, So when I got to this decision I had to make of what am I gonna study, I ended up choosing to be a computer science major, but then I had a double major in business management because that was the closest thing I could get to leadership. And then I had two minors. I had a minor in opera and a minor in creative writing. Mm. So I had all these crazy things and I went down this path and my main vision was I was going to become a musician one day. I wanted nothing more than to be a musician. And the main thing was to create innovative music that could help others. Right. Right. And I was going to use my computer science job to fund that. You know, I, it was important to me that I became financially independent. I really love my parents. I was privileged enough for them to support me through college. And I wanted to offer them the comfort of knowing that I was going to be safe, stable. Right. Um, so, five years later, I graduate with all these things. I actually ended up with a minor in business management because I realized that university is bullshit (laughs) and I wasn't getting what I truly needed so I was more focused on graduating so I was like get rid of the management major go to a minor let's get out of college let's start our jobs right and that's when I really started paying attention to I'm gonna be a musician so my nine to five I got my first job in software development I I worked nine to five I went to school right after work every day Um, at my music production school. It's a community college here that has a fantastic program. And I would be at school from, if I left work at five, got to school at 5.30, I would be at school until 11.30. Wow, okay. Then I would get home at 12. If I hadn't practiced piano that day, I would practice piano for an hour and then I would go to sleep. Right. And I did that for a year, a year and a half. So, so the music
0: kind of stuff is like you doing piano, yeah? Focused focus towards piano.
1: It's focused towards a lot of things. So that's the difficult part of music nowadays, is you kind of have to learn how to do everything. So I, music production is you're learning how to create a sound inside of your computer, like a song, and right. produce it for other people to hear. That means being able to compose the music, but it also means being able to... Um, so that's the music theory, right? So piano and adding the guitar parts and also adding the vocals and the drums it's all of that and then you also have to understand how to properly record it and get the best sound quality and where you get that from so
0: oh it's all about all those stuff yeah
1: yeah it's everything and it's everything required to make a song and get it to a listener's ears so i've been studying all of that and trying to figure out what's my own process and That was a main part of my journey. Um, Right. And I think the part where things get interesting is a year into this journey, um, I was in the middle of my program and then I got a really bad case of pneumonia. Right. And the pneumonia I had was so bad, I lost my voice entirely. Oh, God. I had it for about two and a half months, three months. And... I was in the, the job I was in, like computer science is not my passion. I was not happy at my job, but just pushing through that nine to five grind mm-hmm. so I could get to the music. Right. But I had enough in savings. So what I decided to do because I was so unhappy with my job and my job was actually making my pneumonia worse because they weren't giving me time off. Right. So I decided to quit and I took four months or two months sorry, at first I took two months to make my own demo of music and I challenged myself I said this isn't about success I'm gonna make music that I'm proud of and figure out if music is what I'm meant to do right so this two month journey of mine I created a little demo and the goal of it the end goal was I had a one-on-one meeting with the lead rapper for Lincoln Park Mike Chinoda. Mm say one-on-one meeting i sorry uh i <laughs> it's one of those meetings where like your fan meet and greets happen ah uh, yeah see, yeah i see, see. Yes. Yeah. small enough to where there is a one-on-one moment and i told so what i did is i made i bought the domain name mike please listen to my demo.com hmm. and i made this website for him which had four different pieces of content for him to do and it was my pursuit for challenging myself to make musical content and all the types of content that I was so afraid of making for all these years. Too busy being a perfectionist about, afraid of it not being good enough, I just did it. So mm-hmm. I produced my own song, I produced the song with the producer, paid to have it done. I made a cover song, which was a, just a cover video. And then I also did another song, which was a live performance. I challenged myself to do all those things within two months and make the website and give it to him. So I did that. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was that's like the synopsis of the musical journey, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of the aftermath of that is mm-hmm. actually who I am today. And my relationship with music is different now. And my... How I go about life in my search for success is totally different than what it was back then.
0: I see. So that's where I want to uh, jump into right now, which is the life that you are uh, living right now. Can you paint us Mm -hmm. a better picture of how is your life is uh, like right now? Like uh, your Mondays to your
1: Sundays, like what you kind of do? Yeah, here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So nowadays, I'm back. I got another job in software development. I've been doing that one for a year. This time, this nine to five of mine, I go in with a much healthier attitude. I'm less um, obsessed with success and more about enjoying my day. And enjoying my day for me has become a matter of just taking daily checks on what I wanna do with my day. And a lot of the times, what I wanna do with my day is music. So I'll go to work from nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then I'll come home, Usually, I'll try to play piano for an hour or two. Um, If I don't play piano, I'll try to work on another piece of musical content. Either it'll be a cover song like playing guitar, or it'll be working on a new track that I need to do. Uh, I work with a local producer to work on new music as well. So sometimes it'll be bouncing work between each other. Mm -hmm. Other times, I'll just come home and I'm watching content or... I like to watch anime, so sometimes I'm watching anime. Oh, That's I watch anime too. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm a big anime buff. So. Awesome. Uh, but one of the big things that I've been more open to now, actually, is socializing. Before, I used to be so, like, I would be three to four weeks booked because I was so focused on music that I just wouldn't have time to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I'm much more open to socializing and hanging out with people and So I'll sometimes do that after work, but for the most part, I'm coming home and I'm trying to work on music every day. Um, The weekends are more packed. Usually in the weekends, it's when I'll have a meeting with my music producer if I can, and we'll work on a new track. Mm. Um, If not that, I'll try to travel, I'll try to see friends, or I'll just book the weekend. Like I'll take a Saturday, and for four to six hours, I'll sit in my room and work on music. Hmm.
0: I see. So it's like your job, it just uh, revolves all around uh, towards music, yeah, right now?
1: Yeah, for the most part. Uh, I do my best to keep it music-focused, because if I'm not working on a track that I need to produce with my producer, I am mm-hmm. um, preparing for a piano lesson that I have. I try to take consistent piano lessons, and if I'm not in piano lessons at the time, I try to have my own piano lessons, so doing warm-up routines or just in general general learning a new song that uh um is hard for me challenges me i see that's awesome yeah yeah and i think the only thing i would add to that is reading i recently um watched an interview with Ty lopez who um at first i wasn't sure if I, i trusted him the lamborghini video of his always seemed a bit gimmicky for me yeah 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 um and then I saw his interview on Impact Theory recently, and I actually really respected him from that. So, he got me thinking, like, oh, I need to be, um, I need to be reading more. And so I started reading more. I also journal a lot, so a lot of the days I'm just journaling. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. And the only other thing that I think gets added onto that and inside of the socializing is. I have a lot of friends talk to me about their life and stuff. I tend to be the go-to guy for everyone's hard parts (laughs) in their life. And I mean a ton of people. Like, I've sometimes had weeks where every day after work is another person calling me asking for help. (laughs) Okay. So, sometimes Mm -hmm. that happens. And uh, that's a lot of what fuels my music is I've... You know, a lot of people in my life have gone through some really trying things, some really traumatic things. And I've have not i've had a lot of privilege in life and i'm grateful for that mm. so i've always just wanted to find a way to at scale help other people the way i already am helping other people mm.
0: i see it's funny how you say that uh you you don't really like sh- socialize with other people uh you used to not to do that and then you're someone a guy right now who everyone's approached you to yeah that's kind of funny yeah so i like to yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> This uh this segment of mine. Oh before before anything, you, you wanted to say something,
1: yeah. Oh no, I'm good, go ahead. Oh
0: yeah, I like to jump into this segment whereby I will go like highly interruptive if you don't mind. Which is I, I like to jump into the timeline back when you were like super young, as far as you can remember. And then uh can you share with us like uh how how are you like and then uh what makes you the person that you are today? Yeah. All the way from the youngest, all the way to the earliest part of your life, until now. Yeah, walk me
1: through the experiences and all, yeah. So it's really interesting, Um, who I was as a kid is very different than who I am today. Uh, When I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I was talkative for the most, I remember my parents always telling me that I talked too much, which was funny, (laughs) but I was also, when it came to my social life at school, I was very bullied. Very quiet, shy. Uh, I didn't have any friends. And it, I was just, I was never the no- kid that was noticed. I was always just in the background. Um, and when I say like I had no, I really did have no friends. And um, I had this moment in fifth grade where I started making friends because I had a new elementary school that I started going to. And my family actually moved to Cairo, Egypt. So I grew up in Cairo, Egypt for middle school and high school all right and then i had the same problem didn't really have any friends didn't really have anyone in my life the consistent thing that i did have as a kid and mm. I, my parents say this is one of the earliest things they notice about me is that i always wanted to help people um, my dad likes to tell me that when i was a kid they'd be at the airport with me like when i was five or something and i would walk up to strangers at the baggage claim and be like can i help you with your bag and this little kid would try to lift these like bags that were three times his size and people would let me do it and i'd put the bag down and i'd be like here you go and <laughs> make the biggest <laughs> smile <laughs> so i always wanted to help people um the only other thing about me um that really stuck out was uh, yeah. i always wanted to sink i always wanted to be in choir mm-hmm. i was always too afraid to do it though i did it a couple times i did it in fifth grade and in sixth grade but then I got scared and I stopped I didn't do it again until I was in 12th grade because in 10th and 11th grade I found a huge amount of confidence and self-worth and I just started saying I don't really care what anyone else thinks about me I'm going to start I'm actually pretty great I I finally started making friends and having you know my peers validate my that I was a good guy and basically validate my existence Mm. And because of that, I have slowly got the confidence to say, you know what, I want to sing. I'm going to do this and join choir in 12th grade. But I always knew as a kid, like there was some calling to me that would make me want to sing, but I was just too afraid to do it. Mm.
0: So. I see. So i like to back up a little bit. You, you talk about the period whereby you like uh, couldn't like, uh, connect with other people, yeah? Mm-hmm. like it's uh you're, you're very introverted kind of a guy i would like you to from this period like you looking back like uh what do you think it was the reason why that uh, it caused you to become uh like this i know it's a super uh kind of a hard question because it requires a lot of like uh, thoughtfulness because i myself i can share empathy with you that I myself am like super introverted like back then and until now I actually am still quite introverted and all so mm-hmm. yeah I like you to be tough, uh super
1: thoughtful what what do you think it is it, it was all about yeah um when it comes to how I went from this introverted nature to like being more myself and embracing what that was mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really true I've Actually, I've been pretty self-aware for a long time. Um, I like to say I discovered self-awareness at 16. Well, wow. uh, so I was highly aware of what was happening when it happened, and quite literally, all that happened was I got my first girlfriend. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah. I also had an awareness of it's not really the fact that I got a girlfriend. What happened was a year before getting my first girlfriend was when I started looking around and. I didn't really have any close friends, but I saw these group of guys that I, I wanted to be better friends with. And I noticed that they didn't really hang out with anyone either. And we were just kind of all on our own. So I took the initiative and I said, hey, we should all hang out together. Let's all hang out on a Saturday. Mm. And I got us all to hang out. And you know, of like the 15 people I invited, seven or eight of them were all about it. And we started hanging out with each other every day. So now I have a friend group. Whoa. Now um... that I have a friend group, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so you, you the, the
0: seven to eight people is all, until now? Like you guys are friends until now? A lot of us are still friends. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. Yeah, P- Proceed to Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, you're good. Basically, once that happens, right, I, community is such a big factor in becoming who you are and right. finding acceptance and embracing yourself. So for me, having this now the first time in my life um this collection of people that i thought actually cared about me were interested in what i in who i was and what i was interested in who weren't going to judge me for having different ideas or different ways of thinking the key thing about my friend group actually was unlike most friend groups where you know people click because they have the exact same things in common our big thing was each one of us was incredibly different right and it was because we were such a random assortment of people um Eventually, this friend group grows and you get more people and more interactions happen. And for me, eventually, that led to me having my first girlfriend because one of the friends in my friend group and I became attracted to each other. And that was, in a very, you know, teenagers be what teenagers are. In a shallow way, it was like, oh, wow, it must be pretty great if someone's attracted to me. (laughs) Right. But when you look at it in a more self awareness way, it's like, oh, I gradually learned from my from society, from the society around me, from my peers that I would I had good qualities and I should embrace those good qualities right. instead of being in fear of the judgment of everyone else.
0: Mm. So you actually touch upon like uh, uh, like different topics that I like to jump into, which is environment. How do you think about mm-hmm. that? environment like the people that you surround yourself with that uh, what do you think about it
1: yeah i think environment's crucial i tell a lot of my friends uh, when they're going through hard times the first thing they have to do is to get out of their environment a lot of the times that's hard if it's a family environment it's not it's you know you have to if if it's a family environment the first thing i will tell them unless it's incredibly dangerous it's an incredibly dangerous situation i tell them like i'm just gonna take care of But, in other cases, I say, you need to get financially independent and you need to figure out the most reliable way you can do that and then cut them off, just say goodbye. And That's the family environment, right? Right. Then there's environments like, you know, your friends. Sometimes you have like a negative friend or you've got bad influences in your life. You need to cut those off too and you need to move away from them. I think environment is incredibly crucial because unless... You have a high level of self-awareness you can't actively you know disengage from your environment stop yourself from learning bad habits habits is you know really all we are
0: mm, definitely so,
1: yeah so you yeah talk, I think oh, yeah uh, go keep oh, going yeah 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 <laughs> i was going to give an example for myself oh okay, when i graduated cool. yeah. college um when I graduated college, I was, had not enough of an understanding of music. There was a lot I was behind on. Mm. So I didn't do I, my music production night classes because I thought that after getting this degree, I was going to be a successful musician. I actually did it because I knew I was going to be in an environment surrounded by musicians, surrounded by people who wanted to become professional music producers and professional audio engineers. Mm, right. And being around those people, I could start building the habits and the mindsets of a musician. So for me, going and doing the night classes and spending those five to six hours a day at school, the value in it wasn't the educational experience. It was the environmental experience of being around these people. Right. Yeah. Mm. So, I, yeah, I think environment is crucial. I'd love to hear what you think.
0: Yeah. Uh, what I think is that uh, I don't really want to uh give my hot take towards our uh, environment because I feel like I don't I don't really handle environment really that well. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. Because uh, the friends around me is I, because very recently uh, here's here's a fun here's a funny thing that I actually kind of do. You know? Because uh, I told you that I'm introverted. Yeah. So I like to be super thoughtful right now To think back uh, what I actually did I may actually think that I actually uh, Fucked up on purpose uh, Around my friends you know I purposely uh, um, How say You know uh, I fucked up my own personality On purpose to Unfriend this person Because I felt that uh, The environment is pretty toxic I don't really want to say it's toxic but Yeah it's uh, I felt that it's pretty toxic so yeah I, I, per, I, I fucked up my uh, own personality on purpose to make sure that I don't uh, go out with them, that kind of a stuff. Every time they ask me out, I won't uh, uh, make it out with them, yeah. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. proceeded on, I just felt that I choose my friends very specifically to the people who are genuine, who are nice, who I felt that are true, you know, because how I look at the, towards the world right now is that people are fronting, you know, they probably like fake stuff, you know, you, you know what I mean, like, I do. people are yeah. very great at faking things, you know, like saying that, oh, um, uh, if you don't do this, you're not cool. And yeah, there's so much like of cool things like, oh, sneakers, you got to get this off you got to be, yeah. uh playing basketball you got to be doing this that this that yeah uh, but what i think deep down inside i feel that that's not who i am and i just want to behave on uh, the authentic me and i do get that i will get stuck you know at mm-hmm. many points of my life when i was still hanging out with them i felt that i was pretty much like trying to blend myself into the environment itself you know mm-hmm. So I like to be very thoughtful about uh, the people who I hang out with and I like to be very thoughtful about the environment and all that. Yeah, so that's how, that's my hot take towards that, you know. I don't really know what to
1: do with that, Yeah. you know. So Mm -hmm. that's my experience towards environment. Yeah. I'm just glad you have an awareness of it. I mean, not everyone does, right? mm so that's,
0: that's the topic that I really want to jump into. Uh, I'm glad that you talk about this self-awareness thing. So you talk <laughs> about you being 16, you became like super self-aware. So like, talk to me about the thought process like that brought you, that brings in uh, you to that state. Like you like, talk to me about what the thought process because I find it like super hard, you know,
1: like you being 16,
0: yeah. You already having the self-awareness? <laughs> how can it be? Yeah. yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah.
1: So it's really funny. I The first way I'll start talking about self-awareness is when I was a freshman in high school, mm. uh, before the friends and everything, I looked around me and I was like, I don't have friends. I don't understand how to get friends. I don't know what I, how that works still. I just don't get it. Um, so I need to figure out how to talk to people. And this is back when people were using MSN Messenger to talk to each other. Yeah. And right before Facebook chat was happening. Yeah, I remember the era. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, you know, I'd talk to people, I'd get close. And then if I got close enough to get their Messenger, you know, tag, I might start having online conversations with them. And what I ended up getting really good at is, People, I started getting really good at talking people through their problems and right. becoming someone that people could trust. Not because, you know, some people, they want to get to know you so they can have dirt on you. And other people want to get to know you because they want to feel important. They want to get to know you because if they know your secrets, then now they're important to you and they can validate themselves a little bit. I told her the other I said genuinely... That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a terrible thing. And I always, mm-hmm. every time I was doing, having a conversation, it was never... About me. Remember, my root was I wanted to help others. So even when I'm asking someone a question or I'm trying to get to know them, I ask myself, you know, is this helpful for them, or am I just, you know, bothering them, or am I bringing up a bad memory? Like I had this awareness, but the key thing was I was learning how humans felt emotion because I was talking to these people and becoming someone that they were telling things to that they never told anyone else. You know family drama or past history and you know struggles they were having with a partner all these things at a young age then around I think it was 10th or 11th grade like it's not that much time but high school feels long hmm. um eventually I started having these conversations in person with people, with my friend group that I mentioned. We we get really good at having honest communication with each other and just having good life talks, like, about life and about each other. One day, I was just talking to myself, like, a little out loud, honestly. Right. And I started asking myself a question, and then I would answer it. And I asked a question, and then I would answer it. Wow. And I realized, like, oh, if I just ask myself... The questions I would ask everyone else, like, why uh, I would be able to have so many conversations with myself and grow. I don't need someone else to have those conversations. I can just do it with myself. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's how I learned self-awareness. But the other thing it taught me was perspective. Because when I started doing that, I was like, well, if I only talk to myself, I'm only going to see things one way. I want to start seeing things from other people's perspective. I want to start asking myself, all right, well, how would my friend Steven respond to this situation? How would my friend Hussein react to this conversation? Right. So in to, like in one kind of like, I don't know, week or something, I, I discovered perspective. I discovered self-awareness. And it was all because I just started asking myself questions I would ask my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah,
0: awesome. Sorry that um, uh, during this podcast, I I how to say, I I thought that uh, you wanted to stop already, and then I, I asked the question, and then you kind of want to continue with the story and all that. Oh, after. it's yeah. all good. It's all good. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So <laughs> yeah, so I like to jump into um, perspective, you know, like um, mm-hmm. a different kind one. Because um, do you watch the part where Gary Vee talks about uh, he pretending that his family uh got into like his closest family and uh, yes yes accident, that that kind of a thing to keep him into perspective oh you got that yeah so i actually tried that you know so I, Mm -hmm. i did that and wow i just felt that the amount of like gratitude and the gratefulness that i have in myself is so powerful you know it just speaks to my heart you know and gets me into perspective whenever i feel like in a very down zone and uh, it helps me to not get sidetracked so much and get me back into perspective to do the things that are actually reaching my goals so i like to understand uh from your side do you do anything of any sort of things to keep yourself back into perspective back into the things that you want to achieve in
1: life yeah
0: share me about it Yeah.
1: Yeah, when Gary released that video, um, I'd been wondering if he would ever, like, give more of a detailed conversation about that, um, and when he did, uh, I was like, oh, that's like that thing I would do when I was in high school. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's actually, um, a lot of the stuff that Gary says are things that, before I ever saw a Gary Vaynerchuk video, I already was doing. And. Wow this idea of imagining people you care about passing away um, i actually the strongest memory i have of it when i first did it was i would i had a poetry teacher a creative writing teacher when i was in high school that she was such a big part of me finally becoming like just a poet which is such a huge part of my identity um one day i i was just you know lying down in bed and my head started going into a million different thoughts of perspective and thinking about different things that could happen in life and one of the thoughts I had is like what if my poetry teacher passed away and I thought about how sad that would be and I was like what if I had to like talk at her eulogy what would I do how would I feel and then I just ended up writing this poem about how I felt and that was my one of my first experiences with that Mm. I started doing that I had done that a couple times before I do it when I think about my family, my father, my mom. Um, I've done it with relatives. I think a lot about, mm. um, I have a lot of family in Lebanon and Syria, and they don't live as good of a life as I live. Right? Right. So they still live their own great lives, I'm sure. But they have to deal with a very different kind of country than I do living in America. Right. So I yeah, very young, I started doing that as well. Um, yeah. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. What I will say is what I started doing more so the older I I got was more today specifically is I started meditating. Mm. And for me, that just means taking the time. I almost, I try to do every hour of lunch at work. I try to do outside. I'll eat and then I'll just sit, meditate for 10, 20 minutes. Think, um, maybe journal. Journaling's a big thing for me and i've developed this motto in high school called appreciate everything and that's what i learned like truly like appreciate your existence how lucky you are to be alive how lucky you are to have everything you have and a lot of it was born out of you know this thought of like what if someone you loved passed away and a lot of it was also from all the perspective i had on my privilege because i had all these people telling me about their hardships in life that i didn't have nowhere near as bad as they had and then i also had very tangible things like seeing my family in lebanon syria i've visited them several times like i've seen the life they live versus the life i live you know i grew up in egypt egypt has a lot of poverty I did a lot of community service there so right. i saw directly like what it meant to be living a third world country effectively and that kind of lifestyle instead of living as a foreigner in that country right so it's yeah um i think it's an amazing thing to do it's a hard thing to do Mm. but i think it's a really big step in awareness of life and awareness of how to appreciate life and It makes it easier to forgive people and to let things go because you realize you don't have a lot of time with them.
0: Right. Time is everything, yeah? Like, uh, there's so, so little uh, time. Uh, Like, we should be, uh, we should appreciate the time, yeah? That we have every single moment and all, yeah? Yeah.
1: And that's not to say that it's easy, because it's not always easy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100% yeah so i like to uh, understand like uh you you having like uh, so much of a self-awareness uh, like since like super young like i like to know like uh, what do you think is the thing that actually make you the person that you are that uh becoming like uh super self-aware of the things that you kind of like do what do you think was the source where did it came from uh,
1: the source of the self-awareness specifically
0: uh, yeah like because it feels like it's not like a pretty much like a, a normal thing to uh, for people to have like at such a young age you know like mm-hmm. you talk about self-awareness you talk about uh you appreciating stuff like it feels like uh, I don't know what what to call that I would say it's humility you know that you have so much humility in yourself. Like what make, what do you think is the thing that uh, actually make you the person that you are like doing then? Like, is it because like you have like great influence from your relatives or what so not that you see them uh, being so much of a human, uh, uh, so much humility in them that influence you to kind of do so? Or you watch some stuff that make you a person that you are? Yeah, like
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I get, I get it. I get your question now. Mm. Um, it's that's really hard for me to answer, and I wonder. I'm actually kind of in the process of trying to answer it. Mm. Um, I want to believe that because I've had such a, a long history of it. I'm trying to write in this this journaling I'm doing. I'm trying to journal now. My my like daily life lessons like what do i learn about myself and my thought process on discovering these things so that the next time i learn something like self-awareness i have a tangible way to communicate with people what the process of learning it was Mm. with and i'm trying to go back and be like okay how do i explain empathy how do i explain self-awareness to people how did i figure it out yeah and i think this is where i got genetically lucky and gary vaynerchuk says it like i was born with an underlying design desire to help others and it was because i was born with so much empathy for my fellow human which is funny because even though i was an incredibly empathetic person i was also an incredibly bullied person i was an incredibly lonely child my family wasn't a super close family by any means. Like, I really didn't have a lot of conversations with my dad Mm -hmm. until I was, like, in high school, after I'd learned to just do this stuff already. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, funny enough, it turns out my dad's a very similar person to me, but I figured it out on my own, completely own way. Um, Right. So, what I have to say is it's that I always lean on it was the fact that I wanted to help others that I was able to find self-awareness because you can't you can't help others without having an awareness about how humans work right. so I was obsessively trying to figure out how humans work and I was doing a lot of experimenting a lot of the first conversations I had with people where I was trying to help them I did not do a good job I heard like a lot of people I'm not friends with anymore because, you know, the friendship was just not working for them. It was, you know, too much of a hard conversation always. We were always talking about things that they were going through. Mm. And I had to learn how to step back from that and have other kinds of conversations or how to talk about my own problems and not always talk about their um, it's, yeah. Um, but the driving element to it was this obsessive desire to understand humans. And before I started talking to people to do that, I was watching TV. Right. Literally. I was watching friends. I was watching rom coms. I was watching whatever I could watch. And one day when I was watching TV in like middle school, I realized every single character in a fictional TV show was written by a human which means every fictional character is effectively a real person. Like they have real emotions, they have real traits that have been given to them from another human, right? Mm. And because of that, if you're actually paying attention to the movie, you can learn a lot about human behavior.
0: Mm. Definitely.
1: So yeah, I, that was like a weird meta self-awareness where it's like, I can kind of cheat. I don't have to experience everything. If I watch the right things and I pay the right attention, I can learn a lot about how to deal with humans.
0: Yeah. That's where you kind of like, um, that's why I like about books, yeah? Because books tells you yeah. about your experiences and you have the empathy and it's the whole fun cycle and then you don't really need to experience that and then you kind of learn it already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I first did that and like I said, it's a driving desire to understand humans, because once you can understand how humans in general work, eventually you can have the humility to say, I'm not special. I'm a human too. I'm just as susceptible to all the things that I'm seeing other humans be susceptible to. Right. So you start to say, like, whenever you have a thought, you question the thought. You say, like, is that really what I wanted? Do I... I really want that second donut? Like that's a very simple one. But then it's also a matter of like, oh, do I really want to hang out with that friend? Or am I just doing that because I'm lonely? And the reason I'm lonely is actually when I'm alone with myself, I don't like myself, right? right. You start asking questions. You start, before you do something, you take the time to say, wait, is that what I really need to be doing right now? Hmm.
0: Right. I'd like to jump and, into like the, the thing that you talk about like uh, asking questions or oh, you, you 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 were saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just realized mm. really helpful for my explaining of things. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What I realized was the way I figured out like when do you second guess yourself is you know when you're watching a movie and you're about to watch the main character do the stupid thing for like the third time, and you're like why are you still doing that? You know that's not good for you. You know hanging out with that person might put you in an accidental situation. And all of a sudden, the climax of the movie happens and they got into a car accident. Right? Mm. I realized I have those moments in my own life. (laughs) Someone else could be watching me as a movie and be like, why are you doing that again? You know that's bad for you. (laughs) Like, stop hanging out with these people. Stop doing these same habits. Like, it makes you so sad. so if you really want to learn how to start having that self-awareness another way to do it is really start Mm. paying attention to when you're watching a movie or reading a book and you say when you get really annoyed with a character and you're like oh they're doing it again they're going to complain about it again and start asking yourself what am I doing that I always end up complaining Mm. about later
0: Mm, right definitely yeah that's a great great example to uh, actually uh Put you on to actually question yourself to have the higher level of self-awareness yeah
1: yeah but you were saying go ahead
0: yeah so you talk about like uh questioning yourself so how important like uh what what do you think is the power like of like asking yourself the questions because to me it feels like uh it's like you making use of your accumulated experiences in your heart to um you questioning, and then you using those experiences to kind of match and answer to to get an answer for yourself. So, what what do you think is the power of like actually asking your questions towards yourself?
1: Yeah. If by power you mean the benefit of it, like what yeah. if I yeah gain from think? those experiences? Yeah. Yeah. I, what I've found is a lot of the times when it comes to at least things regarding other humans uh, I have found I want to say a higher level awareness of a lot of situations faster than a lot of people Mm. Um, and one of the bigger benefits is um, like I said I'm the person that a lot of my friends go to and Mm. it's because a lot of the things that they've learned that that they're dealing with are things that I've already figured out Mm. and so I've been able to help a lot of people through these one-on-ones. I mean, I've had, I've had days where I've like ran into someone randomly on the street that I haven't seen in a while, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they'll just be like, terrible. Here's everything that's going on. So we sit for four hours. We talk about their life, catch up. I get a quick idea of what's going on. I'm like, okay, here's what I think you should do. I lay things out in front. The only reason I can do that is because I have so much empathy about how hard it is what they're going through and it's because I've already asked myself similar questions about how do you handle these kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of benefits to it but they're all very subtle for the most part. Right. Um, The main benefit I feel like I get in general is I'm able to understand people better and empathize better. So even today when I'm at the office for example right and i'm talking with my coworkers it's very quick for me to figure out like oh they're having a good day or they're having a bad day and know how to respond in those situations to let them know that i'm here to help and, i mean i've had like some days your coworkers just really grumpy <laughs> right. and a lot of people like your coworkers really grumpy you're just like, okay, they're being a jerk today. I'm not going to talk to them. Right. When I, when someone's being grumpy, the first thing I do is, like, you know, apologize if I interrupted them or anything and try to ask, like, how's everything going? You know, did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good week? And sometimes they'll tell me, like, oh, this terrible thing happened. My car is in the shop or my daughter is sick or... My father is currently going through a heart surgery. Right. Like I've had all these things happen at work. And it's because I took the time to second-guess myself. My gut instinct is to like, oh, they're being a jerk. And I said, no, wait. What else could it be? Let's, let's ask a question. So I asked them a question. And that, and that ends up building such stronger relationships between people and so much more trust and... It makes you the person that people want to talk to, and it makes you someone that people want to work with because they know when they work with you, you're actually going to care about them. Right. So, Mm. yeah, it's been a huge benefit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's super interesting that you actually talk about you running into co-workers and then you having the second gut feeling that this person is having a bad day because i think that i experienced that quite often you know like everyone is just like holding their truths like uh you know inside and uh, don't really want to share it or they are having a difficulty to actually find a platform for them to share it so i like you to uh, look it at a macro picture like uh what do you think uh, uh what what are you thinking about do you have any like uh, thoughts about this this whole thing because like everyone it feels like uh, a lot of people are keeping things to themselves and what do you think that people should uh do or what is your thoughts towards uh this whole thing about like people still keeping this all these things it feels like people are so insecure about yeah
1: yeah well for starters i'm going to say the fact that you're asking me this and the questions you've been asking i just love you man yeah. i think you've got a really good head on your shoulders. you're going about these conversations right because you're getting to the right problems mm. um, thank you so much one, of course yeah you deserve that you're earning yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> i started talking to myself in i want to say college like after i got out of high school and i went to a very special high school i was in I was in a foreign country and I was in a private American international high school. I knew I had a high quality education. So I told myself, you know, when you go to college, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet a ton of people from different backgrounds. Right. And you need to get to know those backgrounds. I met people from first generation college students. I met people that were valedictorians of the best school in the state. I met people that were valedictorians of the worst schools of the state. I met people from small rural towns. I met people from other countries and then just from other cities in the state. Right. And what I noticed was it didn't really matter who I talked to. None of them, like none of them had had deep conversations. To this day, I meet people that are telling me that this is the first time they've ever had a deep conversation in their entire life. And it was with me. And I'm like, you're 24. You're eight. You're you're 20. You're 31. Like I'm in a... 29-year-old or 30-year-old, I can't she was like late 20s, early 30s, lawyer from the UK. Right. It was a random experience, and she met me, and we drove out to like wine country together just for fun. Right. We were just, you know, why not go on a random trip with a stranger? It sounds like a great time. (laughs) Right. She told me on that trip, we started talking, and we had these deep conversations about life and stuff. And she says she's never had a deep conversation like that in her entire life. And that I'm the wisest 24-year-old she's ever met. Wow. And I'm like, I hate that. I hate that you, this beautiful, smart lawyer, who's done so much traveling, has met so many people. Smart people. She went to law school. Right. She has not had a deep conversation like this in her life. And it's because we have these cultures where people don't feel comfortable talking about it and where do people learn those habits we learn them from family so then you got to think the root up where did what is the main source of knowledge in family it's the parents where did the parents learn it from well they learned it from their grand their parents right Mm -hmm. but those parents minus being parents what else are they doing working nine to five jobs right so what i waited till was i told myself i got to go to get a job I have to go figure out what's happening in these corporate environments and these job environments. What is getting taught to people? My first year in a job was terrible. It was incredibly passive-aggressive. Everyone was complaining Mm. between each other, but no one would ever complain to management. Mm. Management wasn't truly listening to their employees and making decisions that employees then had to just deal with. How often... Do parents make decisions that kids just have to then deal with? (laughs) Mm, Definitely, yeah. So what I realized was, and I'm in America, so I'm getting a different culture, but corporate America is driving how we have deep conversations because these companies that our parents are spending all day in are not teaching people how to have open, honest conversations then when they come home to their kids, what are they going to do? Right. And for me, from always, with the second I saw, like, I started hearing people tell me, like, oh, I've never had such a deep conversation before. I started getting more aggressive about having those conversations with people faster. And I got better at it, better, to the point where, like, I was having, like I said, a deep conversation with someone 15 minutes, 30 minutes. It did not take long for someone to trust me because I mean, I just, I didn't waste time. Um, And it's not because, like I said, I'm not trying to get someone's dirt or secrets. It's because the thing that I realized was in the way was only myself. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wishes they had someone they could talk to. But nobody's asking, so everybody thinks no one cares. Right. So if we want a culture where people are talking to each other, where they are helping each other out, we want to change our environments, we have to just start asking people questions. And the more people start asking each other questions, we start creating these safer environments where people can talk about these things. Right. We just need more people to be the leaders in that. It's to start asking the questions mm.
0: that's that, that would be a
1: beautiful place yeah if we have that yeah mm. um that's kind of like my dream I. That, entrepreneurs and just people in general like they have their long-term vision gary's Chuck's long-term vision right he wants yeah everyone in the world to know him you know yeah. he wants to have his legacy yeah
0: Kindness, empathy, all that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then recently I was listening to Simon um, Simon Sinek. Oh, I know that and one, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do, right? He's great. Yeah. <laughs> Simon was saying, I think it was on Gary's podcast, he was saying how he wants to live in a world where people go to work and feel safe and welcome and want to be, that's his vision, right? Mm-hmm. I, my vision is I want to live in a world where people aren't afraid to ask someone else for help, to be honest with each other, where they can trust humans first and, you know, learn to lose trust when someone causes fault because that's how I live my life. Until someone has a reason for me not to trust them, I trust them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So like uh, one question that I would I like to sneak in is that um, I, I initially it's just a question then as we converse together you know We having this conversation together I actually found the answer and then I got another question for you which is um, <laughs> Yeah so I, I initially I wanted to ask is that how, where, Like people t- talk about you know these key terms that just do it you know Go go for it, just do it. The Nike slogan, just do it, that kind of a stuff. And the, <laughs> yeah. the thing behind it is that you got to have like courage to actually do it. So I think that the the, the things that I actually figure out through this conversation is that the the the, the roots towards the problem that our uh, people are having is like judgment of opinions coming from other people that causes them to not have the courage to do the thing that they really want to do it. Because mm. it's so cliche for people to say, just do it, why are you afraid of that kind of a stuff? But they did not like consider the deep roots that is inside, which is the probably the judgment of opinions of other people from the world that makes them not to do, actually do the things that they want to do. So I like to have your hot take, like what do you think about this whole thing about like judgment from other people that stops you from doing the things that you want to do
1: yeah yeah I mean answering this is almost like a quick synopsis of everything I've said already Mm. and I like that Um, because it's a good chance for me to summarize kind of everything that I think has taught me a lot and added value to my it's the first way I'll answer is by you know I like I said when I was a kid I was so afraid. I was incredibly afraid of everyone's judgment. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. I didn't sing. I didn't talk to people. I didn't think I was worth anyone's time. And oh man, my throat's dry, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um I went from that to fixing my environment, right? I got the right friends, hung out with the right people, made learned. To be in a safe environment, an environment that was healthy for me. And then from there, changing my environment, learning to not care about other people's judgment because I had found the right people, the right environment to validate my own judgment. So what I did was I started putting more weight in my positive sources of opinion, to validate my own opinions and my own self-worth which gave me the power to ignore all those negative opinions around me
0: and then i
1: went all in on my own thoughts and from there is where i learned to embrace who i truly was and to grow as that person and experiment with that person have fun with that person and to stop caring about what other people think mm. but it's so important to acknowledge environment right i think everyone that's being told just do it just do it just do it mm. it's unfair there's not enough empathy for those people that have to do it right. So you can say just do it but you're not the one that has to go do it right. and the first thing you have to do is get into a positive environment surround yourself with people that are going to help you do it so that when it gets hard and when you start to be mean to yourself and neglect yourself and do unhealthy things The people you go to aren't your parents that disagree with you and think you should do something else. They'll tell you, everything's going to be fine, you're still going to college and studying that other thing. Right? Right. Right. Or it'll be your friends that were like, oh, it'll be fine, you know, it's not like that was going anywhere anyways. Instead, you're going to go to your other ambitious friends or whoever you believes in you and they're going to say, you're strong, you're capable you know this is what's right for you you just got to be patient and work harder right and it all starts with environment because mm. humans i don't there's not a lot of humans that can do it alone and i have a lot of admiration for those who can't because i can't i know i need a support group i know my environment is a huge part of my life i acknowledge that
0: yeah me too me too yeah
1: yeah and so that's why I like to emphasize this process. First, acknowledge the environment here. Acknowledge, is that who you want to be? If you want to be a famous musician, are you hanging out with musicians? If you want to be a great engineer, are you hanging out with engineers? If you want to be a salesman, are you doing sales? Mm. And are you asking those people for advice? If not, then you've got to get in those environments. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily say goodbye to those other environments but you have to start asking yourself you know how much weight can you give when i talk to people now right you know i tell myself like not everyone understands my not everyone's a musician right so a lot of people are scared of that career path they're like oh there's no money in it mm. and so um i don't go to my coworkers at my software development job and I talk about my music career. In fact, I do I don't st- try my best not to talk about music because a lot of them are going to be like where is that going to go, you know? They'll question it and they'll say, "Oh, it's it's good to have a hobby, but like you should never do something serious with that." Right. Um and so instead, I put a lot less weight in their opinion and I put more opinion on my teachers and my mentors in my music program because they are all successful already and I can trust their opinions on the topic but if you're coming from a place of insecurity where you're scared of it where you're only surrounded in all those other people don't get it but they're trying to tell you what to do with your life right you gotta realize all those people are just telling you what everyone else told them mm. so yeah, Why, a, if you're gonna that, listen, that's to a great s- way to put it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So if you're gonna listen to someone, listen to someone that did the thing you wanted to do. Don't listen to someone else. Mm. Right. Definitely. Yeah. All
0: right. hundred percent. So, <laughs> like, um, before I end off this podcast, I usually like to ask my guests, uh, one last hot thing that is in their mind that they really <laughs> want to talk about. It's like uh, a very selfish moment for yourself to actually talk about, yeah, that's in your mind, yeah.
1: Gotcha. Mm. Hmm. Let me try to think of something we haven't talked about. Yeah. Get out of the scope of this yeah. current mindset and put myself in a totally different... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So, mm-hmm. nowadays, there is things that I try to think about the most mm. and it's self-worth and forgiveness mm. and it's acknowledging my own self-worth and the worth of other humans and for me what that means is realizing that I'm not special I'm an ant on this big thing called planet earth and I'm as equal as the person next to me And for me, that's incredibly validating because a lot of the times it's hard for me to feel like I have the audacity to do anything or to do, you know, I get anxious and I start thinking that, who am I, I'm not as important as someone else. But when I put myself in that perspective, my worth is equal to everyone else's on this planet. My worth is equal to Gary Vaynerchuk, it's equal to, every president on the planet we're all just humans we all have innate worth mm. which means we all have the right to do what we want to do for ourselves we don't have to listen to each other but we do have to respect each other to a bare minimum we have to respect each other's worth ex- their existence in this life and that takes me to forgiveness which is point two right you have to learn to forgive yourself Forgive yourselves for making mistakes, for not figuring it out sooner, for not being perfect. And you also need to figure out or you also need to forgive others for not figuring it out. Forgive your parents. Forgive the friend that stabbed you in the back. Forgive people that just didn't understand and gave you bad advice. Everyone's just doing their best, and so are you. Mm. So you should be forgiving with yourself, forgiving with and just move on to whatever's next. That's how we're gonna find more kindness for each other, more empathy. Right. And that's what I, that's my hot take for you. (laughs) Right,
0: that's awesome, that's super awesome, I think. Yeah, so uh, before we uh, move on to end off, yeah, Uh, where can we find you on the social media or anything that you would like us
1: to, any shout outs or anything, yeah? Ooh, okay, so that's interesting. I'm actually Hmm. considering switching my social media tags sometime soon but for now where you can still find me is at when nights on instagram that's w-h-e-n k-i or k-n-i g-h-t so it's when nights like medieval nights very confusing um and then i also have a youtube that you can get to um Mm. The YouTube is, I think, right now it's Profpunk, which is the new thing I'm switching to. Mm. I'm realizing the easiest way to get to both of those is going to possibly just be my website, which is my first name, Ali, A L I, mm. and then my last name, D A R W I C H E, dot com. So you can also get me there, hopefully. That gives people enough contact with me. But I'm probably going to own that domain name for the. And you can always find me there.
0: <laughs> all right. Awesome. Awesome. So, so grateful to have you here, Ali. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. Thank you all so much.
0: All right.